What's up? What are we doing? Right. Are we doing Podtoid <laughs> now? Yes. Welcome, welcome, Woo! listeners. The Podtoid number one, two, I think seven. I haven't been on the last like eight. I'm Anthony Jesus. I'm playing Far Cry Two. We're doing a no death run through yes, at no time. Look at this. There is no such thing as a no death run through in Far Cry Two. It's a good thing that we did nothing but talk about that all fucking afternoon. <laughs> Joining me tonight are Brad Nicholson. Yo. Smith's our car. Hi. Jim Sterling. Serious Sam HD is better than Assassin's Creed 2. Topher Cantler. Sonanda. And the always lovely Adam Dork. These is birds right. suck. <laughs> He's playing Avatar. Um, so games of the week, what's everybody been playing? Jim, we're going to get to Assassin's Creed as like an, a main discussion question. Oh, right. so, so, I've been playing it this week. Yeah, so other than, other than that... I wouldn't touch that piece of shit. Fair enough. Um, I have mostly been playing The Witcher, uh, which I downloaded for the computer, um, because I am the perfect life form, as we discussed last week. Um, People really latched onto that. I got like 50 messages on Steam following last pod toys, just saying, all hail the perfect life form. Keep that up, because even though I know (laughs) you're doing it ironically, it does give me a little bit of a hard-on. Anyway, what? Are you going to say I'm more like the perfect fat form? No, no. I was going to say that you know you, you called yourself TPL, right? Was that was yeah, that TPL, the, uh, the perfect right life form thing? Because yeah, I am, but but life form is two t- words, so it should be. God t- damn it, Samit! TPLF now. Life form is one word. Maybe maybe if you're uh, perfect, it is, but not for the rest of us mortals. Exactly. <laughs> you know you. I, I wouldn't expect the plebs to to you know. I have the power to join words together. I am literally a word fuser, man. See, now I'm imagining Brad. <laughs> I can tell that sentence proved. I'm li- imagining Brad literally just taking the words and just pushing them together. Yeah, like, like Brad. Brad is like my muscly lieutenant. He has like a like a, a helmet that he wears on his head to sh- to prove it. And like when I just say like shit. Man, person, I want these words fused together. That is how Christmas was invented because it used to be just Christ and mass, like Christ is in the cool baby Jesus, and, and mass I smashed that shit right words. together. And he was just like, "This will fit on a Christmas card." He did it to fit it on a Christmas card because otherwise they were just really wide. <laughs> mm. They were anyway. one letter wider in a space. <laughs> I've been playing The Witcher, which no submit. The Witcher isn't a real word. It's um, an RPG, which everyone played 10 years ago, and now I finally have a PC that what can run it. Um, not that you'd guess, uh, because the graphics are awful. Like, it looks nice, but then when it moves, everything falls apart. Uh, otherwise, it's a really great game. Like, it, as a storytelling thing, it is good. And I actually got the, the first book uh, that uh, it's based on, based on Brad's recommendation, because Brad is my go-to guy for books of such a thing. He has recommended me some good reads in the past. Um, mostly because I think most, like, high fantasy novels are based on him. So he knows the good ones because he's already lived the stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, which is... I am the jackal. Jackal of Nar, all me. There you go. Um, I thought you were talking about from Far Cry 2. I thought you were an evil weapons dealer. Actually, Brad Nicholson goes into Borders and starts slamming his fist on the table, demanding that all the fantasy books go in the fact section. (laughs) Um, Yes, The Witcher is good. I've been playing Dawn of War. I played uh, Blueberry Garden, which is the kind of thing that Reverend Anthony likes. Um, I... 
I don't get it. Uh, the bird looks like Yahtzee. Um, they does. Dawn of War 2, uh, which is, you know, pretty good. Uh, and I've been playing The Saboteur as well, which uh, I can't talk about properly at the moment because it is, um, you know, embargoed. I can't really say much about it. But I can tell you that it is Assassin's Creed without being Assassin's Creed, which means it's not shit. So, you know, it, it might be worth checking out. Uh, I'll be playing other games as well, but can't be bothered to remember any of them. Brad? Hey, uh, okay. I've been playing Little Big Planet PSP, which is pretty rocking. I've only put about four hours into it, but I enjoy it. I enjoy. It. I like the I like Little Big Planet to begin with. It's it's essentially the PS3 version on the PSP. Go figure, right? Assassin's Creed Two. Played thirty hours of that. I also picked up the God of War collection, and this is kind of funny. I've never played God of War. I don't know if that's like an affront. I think it's just because you would you'd be underwhelmed by the things that the game asks you to do because it's like Tuesday for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> kill three minotaurs at once. You're like Brad's version like, of how about five? <laughs> no, that, that, that's just like that's like Madden. It's like real life. It's just a simulation of life for him. Yeah. yeah, I do like how aggressive that man is. He grunts with everything. You know, like everything's a struggle with him. I made a joke on Twitter the other day. Aries! <laughs> I can't imagine what it's like. That's actually a pretty good impression. Good. God damn, that was very good. I didn't think I, you had that in you. It's you. good. I, I I just can't imagine what that dude uh, does whenever he takes a dump. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's got to be a hardcore thing he lets out. I I like it. I didn't. We won't have a chance to talk about it. So I just want to add real quick that first game's pretty rad. I don't like some of the puzzles though. Some of them were just goddamn annoying. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten to Hades yet? Yeah, yeah, with the fucking uh, spinning wheel with the blades. Yeah, fuck that level. Yo, oh my goodness, man. You have to do it twice. Like, when I beat it, I, I my girlfriend was sitting next to me. I'm like, I'm never going to do this again in a video game ever again. And then there, then the second one appeared, and, and there I went and did it. But it took me like uh, 30 minutes. I'm, I'm really bad at these games. I yeah. think that's exactly what J- David Jaffe wanted to evoke in people. Like, get them to finish, to get to the top of it, and be like, thank God, that's over. And then, <laughs> nope! Yeah, I just don't have the patience for it. Like, I really don't care about the fucking spinning blade thing. Like, I just want to go up there and kill stuff. Uh, that's why I think God of War is. But, anyway, I've also been playing... Spoilers, dude? What? Okay, I'm sorry, I got confused by... Uh, by what Adam said in the chat. I've also Adam. It, it, was, it was a joke. Spoilers about the spinning blades in Hades, because... <laughs> Right, right. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that game was only released like two weeks ago. It's true. Um, okay, that was off rail. But anyway, I played the Borderlands DLC, which we probably won't talk about either, right? Well, I is, mean, we're talking about it, not, it now. Isn't it okay. out already? What? I didn't know. Yeah, it is out. It came out last week, the beginning oh, of last week. I thought you thought you was on the embargo or something. No. I, it's, Why it's can't not, we talk about it? No, I didn't know if we had a segment later because I know Anthony. Uh, no, the only play. segment, the only thing we're talking about is Assassin's Creed Two on its own because it, it just people freaked out about the review and it's okay. going to be interesting. I apologize, I, I shouldn't be asking that. To you be fucking honest. ought to be. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh yeah, wait, I'm, I forgot. Fuck you, Anthony. Yeah, Chet. Uh, rah, 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 rah. Uh, anyway, I, I have to add that I, I like the style of the content. I like what they tried to do. There's much more of a narrative focus, and it's genuinely funny. You know that off-kilter stuff that you saw in the game every once in a while, like these flashes of like just really interesting humor is, is, is big time in the DLC. Like It's definitely there from the intro video on. The only problem that I've had thus far is just the level cap itself. 
I, I have a hard time playing with my friends that are, you know, ten levels over me or five levels underneath me or even three levels over me. It makes it really hard to play this game, just the way they scale the monsters. Mm-hmm. And I almost I almost think just because of the constrictions of the core game itself in terms of the leveling, you know, level fifty is the cap, that you know, no DLC is really going to work, especially if they're raised to cap. I just, I just don't see how the core game supports DLC in terms of, uh, you know, just long-term plans with the the leveling system as it is right now. Because it's bad. It doesn't, it doesn't help. Mm-hmm. And and that's really it for this week. A lot of games. A lot of time spent in few games, I suppose. Tover. Nothing much, really. I've, I've been playing Ikaruga for the past few days, which I, I haven't played in about six or eight months. For some reason, I just picked it back up and not really any better at it. But that's about it. So nothing much. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, played a bunch of you know Modern Warfare Two multiplayer, and I've come to realize that the matchmaking is kind of fucked in that game. Um, like I, I keep being put on teams where the or I keep being put into games where the opposing team has like three or four people above level sixty, and my team doesn't have any. And Yo, it's like, man would... up, pussy! <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's it's like you know you would think that like if there are four people above level sixty, you just distribute them evenly among the teams, so you don't have like all of them on one team, and then the other team is all people below like level forty, and then you have some guy who goes like seventy-two and five and ends the match with a nuke. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people that's so fucking hard to implement. Uncharted 2 is the exact same way. I don't know what the fucking deal is. Yeah, I, I, I haven't run into it as, like, I haven't seen that um, as manifest as poorly in Uncharted 2, um, which I also played a bunch of this weekend because it was a double cash weekend. And uh, they brought out um, the first DLC for the game, which was free, free multiplayer map called The Fort that was based on the fortress from the first game. Um, and uh, for the entire weekend, uh, the only multiplayer skins you could have were, were uh, Donut Drake for the good the heroes and Donut Lazarevich for the villains, which I which was just hilarious. It's, it's really funny to uh, it was really funny to see those guys like, like you know to see. Yo, donuts will fuck your body up. I'm just gonna tell you guys straight <laughs> up. Uncharted Two is is an art game because it specifically tells you that through the cheats. It's like this. It? Yeah. This is this is what would happen to Drake if he ate a lot of donuts. And in the game is actually it's 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 the opposite of what you just said because it makes the game eight times better to see fucking fat ass Drake running around because yeah. it lowers the pitch of his voice too. That, that's that's the best thing where it's like get over here, Chloe. Yeah, he, 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 he you know he'll reload and be like they're they're trying more like it, or, <laughs> or you know he'll 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 find a grenade and you know. Oh wait, I was gonna say he'll find a grenade and be like nice, but that's gears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, and it's really it's really funny to see them like you know climbing up walls and jumping around because they're fat. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I think the best thing about Donut Drake is that it makes the beginning that first little bit of platforming you have to do like eight times more poignant because he's not just moving around slow because he's hurt. He's moving around because he's like 300 pounds and like how every time Drake climbs on something it breaks because you know that's scary <laughs> or whatever. It's you know it like takes on a different meaning when he's like 300 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, played uh, Uncharted two and uh, and Modern Warfare two multiplayer. That was a lot of fun. Um, also, I uh, picked up or picked up, you know, got a code for um, Madden NFL Arcade, which is uh, EA Sports' sort of uh, you know um, 
arcade arcadey version of, of football. They you know they did one um, this February, I think it was, of uh, hockey. So that you know there was those three on three NHL arcade, which I really enjoyed. Had a lot of fun. Boring. <laughs> Hockey's <Okay>. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, in any case, um, yeah. So I, I spent, I spent, you know, uh, you know, uh, maybe an hour or two with uh, a Madden arcade over the Thanksgiving weekend, and um, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's it's not quite as, like, I guess, amazing or whatever as, as you know, maybe something like Blitz, which I think we you know we all sort of just hold fondly in our memories, like NBA Jam. I don't. But I do. Well, yeah, jams of shit. I gotta ask you, Submit, real quick. Where are the Giants rated? Like two out of one hundred? Because they're fucking terrible. You know what? You you take that. I you know I can't even uh, say you take that back because uh, I'm Giants. sorry. My hey, you're the motherfucker who said that the only that there are one and a half good Star Wars movies, and one of them is half of Episode Three. Yeah, what yeah, the fuck, because man? that one was actually well written. Uh, no. Half of it. Did you see Episode that's Three, half. Brad Nicholson? What? Did you see it? What uh, what the fuck other movie are you talking about? That's good. Four and five. New Hope that's... and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Five oh. is the best one by far. Four is good, oh, please. and the rest of them are barely watchable. You think Return of the Jedi is good? That said, six. barely watchable. Which, Return of the Jedi is six. I can't count, dude. What what, what one are we looking at here? It's new Hope. Four is a New Hope. Five is okay. Empire Strikes Back. Fuck it. Fuck it. Or you saying some it? Fuck it. I'll Something stop numbering them. That, don't number them. Yeah, because I don't understand numbers, dude. I don't do that. Anyway, <laughs> New Hope sucked dick. <laughs> Period. I was just saying that the calling the first one four was horribly pretentious and George Lucas is a twat, but not understanding numbers is a good reason as well. I hate George Lucas. He's an idiot. I wish he was dead. I, don't think I anybody... actually wish he was dead for making films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because episode three raped your mother, right, Jim? Yes. Yes, it did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Smith, please continue. Yeah, anyway... So, um, actually, the Giants are, I believe, the highest-rated team. They're I meant about games. This is just going to get into an argument about, about sports. No, I'm saying in, in Madden Arcade, they're, okay. they're the highest-rated team. Giants suck. Um, the, anyway. Terrible Shut up, Brad. A lot of people, blows. A lot of people were, were curious about that because they were like, Is his ankle uh, broken the game? What a shut whiner. Up. <laughs> shut up, Brad. Let him finish. <laughs> um... So the thing is that the, the it's um, it's five on five. You've got uh, one offensive lineman, the quarterback, a running back, and two receivers. And on defense, you have one defensive lineman, a linebacker, and uh, two cornerbacks and a safety. Um, and it's you know it's it's an arcade game with power ups, just like three on three NHL arcade. And um, it's you can play to like any point value between I think like twenty and forty or something. And it's it's like blitz in that. The field is only 60 yards long, and you've only got four downs to score. There's no, like, uh, first downs. It's just like, you know, you've got four downs, and if you don't, if you don't score, the, the ball changes possession. And, you know, it, it's um, – I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I think it's something that, um, like most arcade games, is much more fun playing with people as opposed to just playing the computer, um, especially if you're playing with someone in the room. Uh but um, you know, yeah, I, I think if you've got people to play it with, it's it's a lot of fun. The power ups are randomly assigned on each play, and and there's a lot of crazy ones. Uh, and it, the thing is that it is, you know, I, I I should say I said last week that it was ten dollars. It's not. It's fifteen dollars, uh, twelve hundred points. So that 
you know, if, if you're not really into it, that might be a little steep. But I think, you know, if you have people to play it with, whether online or off, uh, it's worth it. Um, also, been playing um, lots and lots of Lego Rock Band because a review went up for it yesterday that I, I heard that game sucked too, like Brandon Jacobs I, running damn, the football. Damn it, Brad. He's slow. Anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say all that much about Lego Rock Band. You know, you can go read the review. I gave it a six and a half out of ten. Um, it's but uh, I don't need to read it now that you've given the score away. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's all anyone yeah. cares about. God, Samit, why did you do that? You're ruining our business. That I need to buy gonna, a new coat. No one was going to read that review anyway. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I saw your name next to the headline and just thought, fuck it. Right. So, uh, you know, basically just the thing is that it's, I don't know, I feel like, and I, I said this, I think, last week when we talked about sort of the future of music games. Um, and I, I just feel like the game... While you know Lego is infused into it, and you know there's, there's Lego everywhere, and there's Lego characters, and you you do Lego things or whatever. What, I don't, what, does, what does that mean, Lego things? Anyway, um, you know it it doesn't do enough to convince you that it couldn't have been a DLC. Now, even if you consider a DLC, that's still a good value because it's fifty bucks for forty five songs. You know they're not two dollars each. But hey, um, you guys know the other day, uh, PopCap Games sent me a Voodoo doll. I'm playing with I it right now. I did not know that's that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's red and it's got blue hair. Can you put pins in it? I think. I don't want to, though, because it looks pretty cute. What is it a voodoo doll of, though? You, that, I don't know. Is it a submit? I, I, I bet I could. I, I bet I can imbue it with a You have to get, like, some of his hair and shit. What the fuck are we talking about? Uh, anyway. Send me your pubes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's small. Techno remix. The, the, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot music. Anyway, what I was saying is just that, you know, the game, it's yeah. the, 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 the sort of standard rock band setup, you know, the, the career mode is, is similar to the, the past games, and it just doesn't do enough to convince you that it couldn't have been DLC, and, and even if you consider it as a track pack that you, I mean, it, it's $50, but you've got to pay $10 to export the song, so technically $60, um, and I, I don't know, I, I wasn't a fan of, of a lot of the songs on there, there's like, fucking, I hate that game for making me play through a song by Good Charlotte and another one by Pink and another one by Corn oh. and another one by Lost Prophets. Um, I don't know. It's I mean, there's a lot of good songs on there too. You know, there's Fire by Jimi Hendrix. There's Let's Dance by David Bowie. Whatever. Anyway, I, you know, if if you got it for free for spending twenty dollars at Old Navy on Black Friday, then kudos. Then you're um, an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I I, you know, I don't know. If you really if you like a lot of the songs on there, then then it'll be worth it. Um, finally, I uh, I I still going. Yeah, um, Avatar. I, I succumbed. Yo, I heard that game suck. Playing Avatar. Um, I, I succumbed to a bunch of the uh, the one day only uh, five day long Steam sales this week. Uh, the ones they had for for. Um, I thought you were gonna say you sub- you succumb to an AOL trial disc. That'd be hilarious. Are those still around? Jeez. Um, no, uh, so, so I'm... You just found it in a shed and thought, I've got to give this a go. <laughs> uh, no, Nine ninety nine uh, a month, dude. It's a deal. <laughs> deal. 500 hours. Um, no, but I, I... they got I, this new internet called Dial-Up now. It's amazing. It goes through your phone line. Like you get pictures on a computer from your phone. Sorcery. 
Jesus. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, so, so I. Mitt, what witchcraft have you wrought with this dial-up of yours? I say we burn them. Oh, we're gonna burn you as a witch, Summit. Summit, if you don't what? get through this next part in about thirty seconds, this is never gonna end. Or like some witch soccer. <laughs> Eli Manning <laughs> sucks. Anyway, I keep the whatever. Uh, I you know I, I bought. I was gonna buy Far Cry Two, but I didn't because I wasn't sure if it was gonna run my computer. So I more I, like I, say limit witch trials. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I bought uh, Plants vs. Like Zombies for five too. bucks. You get it? Because uh, you couldn't get it? Uh, <laughs> cry too. I hate everyone so much. <laughs> it's Fred Mickelson. Yeah. When he comes on the show, he leads me astray. Uh, fine, shut up, Adam. I haven't played Plants vs. Zombies yet, but I if did... If you haven't played it, then... I... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, whatever. I bought I bought this uh, little, little game called Osmos, which um, I, I played the demo of it, and I was like, hey, that's really cool. And it was, you know, $2, so I, I bought that. Um, and that's been that's been fun. It's really hard. Or yeah, it, it gets hard. But yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's fun. Um, and I also bought... What was the other game I bought? Oh, whatever. I don't remember. But uh, Machinarium. Hearts of the Burning Sea. Done. Machinarium is, okay. is awesome, and you should all play it because it, it is awesome. I agree with it that. Is, yes. All right. Go read Anthony's review. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna take a little break, and then we're gonna come back. This week on the GamerCast Network, the Post Game Report crew is still recovering from a trip to fan overdose. Instead of the regular banter, enjoy a roundtable discussion about Borderlands. Is it mana, mana, or mana? Find out in Video Game Show episode one seventy. Doc, Dave, and Lana are back to discuss Modern Warfare 2, Assassin's Creed 2, and the Extra Life Total in Sarcastic Gamer Episode 92. Discover the community that brings you all these great podcasts and more at GamerCastNetwork.com. Aries! Okay, so we're back, and Samit, you wanted to talk a little bit about Modern Warfare 2. I did, yeah. Um, I, I didn't get the chance to mention this uh, back when I did play through the single-player campaign, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about No Russian, and I'll, I'll try to be concise um yeah i i, I appreciate I everyone's think, silence at that at that statement yeah well the the thing with with um with no russian you know i, I the thing was that, that i knew all about it because i'd been on this podcast when we, you guys went all through it and I, I feel like that is an experience that really it is ideal if you go in dark um so i i obviously i i wasn't like emotionally affected by it or, or whatever so so that i'm not really? gonna well i i don't mean in terms like because i knew what to expect i was like well, i mean oh, at whatever. the same time it's just you're seeing a, a bunch of civilians die in front of you whether you know it's going to happen or not is still pretty fun. right no and i that, mean that, i knew what was going to happen when i went yeah i mean that was that was like the part where submit are you a psychopath <laughs> no, I mean, I'm Yo, saying, like, I mean, I fucking destroyed everyone in that level. That, yeah, the, no. My favorite, the best thing about the reverend that I did is that I used the footage from Brad Nicholson's playthrough. <laughs> so I'm yeah. talking about how immoral it is and how wrong it is. And meanwhile, the video is like, like he's just mowing down civilians like there's no tomorrow. You should see yeah, my no. first take, man. It was terrible. Like I was gunning down the dudes crying on the ground, walking over them, just continually shooting them. And I was like, well, that's, ah, a, that's, a, that's a little that's a mercy. Far. That's a mercy kill. That th- you're putting them out of their misery. No, no, no. <laughs> it was. Uh, it, it's a bit much to say that I wasn't mostly affected by it. I, I mean, I was, and and it's almost. I I thought the, the the worst part was almost the screams. You know, even more so than the the visual of of them. You know, of like trails of blood everywhere. Um, and there, you know, there there's the part where like you you 
you, you sort of walk over to this, this balcony area. I guess this is like, I think maybe when that elevator comes up or whatever. Yeah. And like you, you look over and there's just this, like this mass of people bottlenecking at an escalator. And then, you know, one of your, your, uh, your, your guys, one, one of the other terrorists just sort of fires into the crowd and they all just sort of, you know, collapse. It's, yeah, it, it was, it was bad. Um, but, uh, my, my problems with, with kind of like mowing a lawn, wasn't it? Thought about that. I, yeah, it, it was bad. Um, but, and you know, there, there's that part where, where it's sort of almost like, you know, you want to laugh, but then you, you don't want to laugh where, where the, um, you have the, the flight information and everything just turns to delayed, uh, all, all, all the flights, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but but I just thought it was well. First of all, I, the way I played through it, you know, again having you know going in knowing about it fully is uh, I wanted to see if I could complete it without firing a single bullet, and I you can't. Um, and I was for that I was disappointed. Um, when once you get outside, um, and you know spoilers, whatever if you hadn't, but you know, once you get outside, you you have to. You, you can't go forward. There's, there's a part where you come up against um, these cops in riot gear, and and uh, you have to actually start killing them because you, you, the rest of your guys just sort of take positions that you know, they hold up against airplane wheels or whatever. Um, and I, you know, I was really disappointed by that. I was like, I really wanted to, you know, to finish it without um, without killing anybody. Um, but of course, you know, you get the idea of oh, okay. Well, you have these cops, and and you know, they they when they put on a uniform, they know what they're getting into, or they understand the risks and whatnot. But but still, um, in any case, uh, you know what what I did think, and and this would have been something that I think Anthony's Anthony had a problem with. Um, uh, what I did think happened, you know, when I completed the mission. And then spoilers, you know, he, uh, you get, you die, you get shot, and I was like, oh shit, you know, I've been discovered because I didn't fire a bullet, or, or you know, or because I didn't kill any of the any of these civilians. Um, but no, that's what's supposed to happen, and then the game continues on, and I was like, oh, that's that's kind of disappointing. I, that would been that would been cool. Um, but um, I never what, actually thought of it that way. Well, that that would have been a cool like sort of splitting point. No, I I agree. That would be interesting if you were giving up some sort of gameplay or giving up your character's life in exchange for not being a murdering psychopath. That would be yeah. kind of a yeah, like the ending of Fallout Three, except not shitty. Because I mean, because that's that's the whole thing, right? Is is that you want to? I mean, you're the impulse. If if you're not a psychopath, the impulse is to just turn your gun on your comrades and kill all of them. But of course, the game doesn't let you do that. Um, so this, the next best thing you can do is just walk along uh, as you're forced to watch, but not partaking yourself, right? Um, but uh, even more so, the, the thing that did this want to be even more than that um, was was just how, like when I said I wasn't emotionally affected by it, I, what I meant was was the death. Uh, in Call of Duty Four, you know, your, your character dies twice. Um, and that was like, you know, holy shit, right? In this game, your character dies a lot. Uh, you're, you know, there, there's more than a few uh, playable character deaths. Um, I think it's just and, two, isn't it? Right? Or there's more than two, right? There's, 
the uh, roach gets set on fire. Okay, well, I, uh, sorry, I, I was thinking of when I when I first played the the part where the EMP goes off, I was like, oh, he's dead. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, oh, I guess okay. it's, it's just two. But I'm pretty, I'm, yeah, it's just Glenn and Roach. Yeah, it's it's it, it's just uh, or Alan or whatever his name is. Uh, Alan, yeah, I don't want. No, yeah. I said Glenn. Yeah. Okay. So Glenn's a good game. I was fa- I was uh, fantasizing about Fox News again. <laughs> um, but but uh. Right, I would so, name a boy Glenn, I think, if I had one. I would name are you Glenn. kidding me? Chet Glenn. gives birth to Glenn? Glenn is the name of some guy who gives you tech support. Yo, maybe maybe his middle name then. And his first name would be like Kratos. Okay, I can <laughs> I live with that. Yeah. But but um anyway, so submit, you, submit. yell Glenn in your Aries voice. Do it. Glenn! Thank you. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really come out right, does it? Yeah, okay, no, never mind. Scratch that. It doesn't work. Doesn't work, but anyway, um, the thing is, your, your character, your playable character, dies what twice in this game. But um, the thing is, I, I felt like Infinity War this time around was like, oh, you know, we did it in the first game, we've, we've got to do it this time, and you know, it's got to be cool or, or whatever. But I, I the, the problem, what like it worked with the with the uh, prelude to Call of Duty Four because that had really, I mean, I, I don't want to say never been done in video games before because I don't, I don't know, but it was, you know, it's rare, and that was like. Wait, what's going on? And it was a really sort of a mind fuck when when you know your your character gets killed at the beginning of the first game. But um, in this game, that the shock value of that is gone, as far as I'm concerned, because it's been done before, right? So they give you you know the, the, you, you go through the, this airport and then you die at the end, and the shock value is gone, and you're left with nothing because they didn't build any emotional attachment to the character whatsoever, right? I mean that's that's the issue that I had with No Russian is that you're you, talking about Alan when you say the character. Yeah, I'm talking about Alan because you you play what like one or two missions as him, and then you know you're lifted by Shepard into this you know Task Force 141 or on this, on this secret CIA mission, and yeah we you know we've we've placed you at the at, you know, as the right hand man of. Uh, of Makarov and, you know, don't ask how many bodies died or we've lost to get you there or whatever. I forget the exact lines, um, you know, and, and, and all that. Um, but like you, you don't, you haven't played like half a game or whatever with this character and you have no attachment to him. And the, and the, you know, the game expects you to feel something for, for him, for him dying. Right. So, so like, but there isn't. That doesn't make any sense. That that was was my main gripe with the mission because you know you don't you you don't care about the character. So it's like oh he died. Well, that sucks. I would like, argue that you're not actually supposed to really think about him as a character once you're in his shoes. Like the whole thing. I mean, when people were were saying trying to excuse the, the way that no Russian worked because well that's that's not what the character would do. That, that's kind of a bullshit thing because it's like you know the reason he doesn't talk at all is so that you can sort of put whatever you want to into him, and so he feels yeah. like you. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a little cipher that you occupy. So I don't know if... I mean, because I didn't really care about, you know, the deposed um, president of, of unnamed Middle Eastern country when he got shot at the end of the first one, it, but it affected me because, hey, man, that's me. You know, I'm looking out of his eyes. That, that That's effect, effectively me. I can distance myself after he dies, but the shock is sort of... I mean, I... Yeah, I, usually you expect a rescue because that's yeah. what happens. Yeah, I, I thought fully that, I, that at the end of that... Um, that that first mission in, in Call of Duty Four. Okay, I'm gonna get tied up, and then there's gonna be an explosion behind this guy, and then I'm gonna get a gun, and then right. it's fucking go time. And then the fact that there wasn't, you know, and I felt the same way about the nuke as well. I think it's more about you versus necessarily caring about a character, because that's why they don't talk when you're in their heads, because it's supposed I, to be you. 
I never got to see that torture scene in uh, Call of Duty 4, I don't believe. I, I couldn't get past the uh, the carnival kind of thing. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Where I think, I think it was there's like, no torture. Oh, that fuck was this, sniper battle. I love no, that bit. That's the no, best bit of the game. There's no torture. I was trying to play on uh, some level that is beyond me, you know, the, the call a grenade action, like every six seconds, and I said, fuck this game. Oh, no, I never I do that. turned it off forever. Like, I, I didn't even bother again. Well, no, well, the, we're talking about the, like like the missed, very like, first level. Some. Yeah, the we're very talking about first the... level in Call of Duty Four is you're it's just you're you're in a car going through the streets of like this random unnamed Middle Eastern country, and then you know you get out and you're like you know you're you're bound or whatever, and, and they drag you and then you know they put you in the middle of this square and then this guy shoots you in the head and you die. That happens at the beginning of Call of Duty Four. Yeah, that is the first thing that happens. That's, That's literally the first thing. thing that happens. Man, I do not remember that at all. <laughs> really. I must that's, see that shit all the time. That's like a, <laughs> yeah. Brad is so used to getting shot in the face without without any effect that it's not yeah. a big thing. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah. Anyway, that that was my my problem with it, and and you know, certainly what what you uh, brought up in your in your reverend, um, as again, like I I really thought it would have been awesome if like there was some retribution from Makarov for for going through the mission and not killing anybody because that would you know. But, well, he did shoot you in the head. That's kind of right. Yeah, but I mean, that's. No, 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 I, I, I understand what Smith's saying. He wanted different kinds of reactions to that. To be, yeah, I wanted that um, to be a gameplay yeah. uh, option. Well, you know, I well let's just be honest, though. Infinity Ward's not that talented of a developer in terms of that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously. I wouldn't say talent. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to say that. I don't that. think talent's got anything to do with it. They're just not that kind of developer. They don't do the multiple path thing. A lot of games don't. There's nothing okay. to do. Like, we're yeah, not going to say Valve's untalented because Half Life 2 is one path. Well, I think one somebody could probably. I think Infinity Ward is very talented at, at what it does. It just doesn't have certain talents in certain, you know, when it comes to cohesive story. Uh, but you know, that's not their thing. No, okay, no. I, could, I think I think you could probably argue reasonably that they're untalented at sort of understanding exactly what they're getting into with something like that. Because they were so proud of that fucking scene, they put it at the very first trailer and then didn't do anything to contextualize it in terms of like. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, I, I think I had a better time with it because I had it spoiled for me than if I had experienced it in the main game. Because it literally goes from snowmobile chase to, okay, now you're killing civilians. I can only imagine how fucking awful and jarring and, and really, really awkward and weird that would feel to, to have to go from, from the, the most fun you've had in the Call of Duty game to, hey, now you're supposed to explore the nature of evil and, and you know, your culpability and stuff like that. It's, it's yeah, really- I'm not saying that, I'm not saying they... they- handled it well. I mean, I said when Modern Warfare came out that they did not pull the drawstrings of the story together properly. Um, yeah. But I just think calling them untalented is, you know, not correct, because they are, a, a, as far as I'm concerned anyway, a very talented developer that is very good at doing these specific plot moments. They just need somebody on the team that can pull those moments together, I think. Yeah. Okay, so we promised we'd talk about Assassin's Creed. And uh, Jim, do you want to just start off as to why you think we might want to discuss Assassin's Creed? Because uh, people don't quite understand what a review is, I think. Um, I've got a list. I've got a list of things. First of all, right, to the person that said a review isn't supposed to be based on opinions, fuck off. This is my job. That is like telling a fireman that a firefighter should not fight fires. You idiot. You fucking idiot. Okay, that is the first one, right? Thank you for reading Destructoid. God bless. Uh, 
Point two. <laughs> if I was writing reviews just for controversy's sake, there are better games to do it with than Assassin's Creed 2. I could have given Left 4 Dead 2 a 4.5. I could have given Modern Warfare 2 a, a 4.5. I could have fucking given Killzone 2 a 4.5. Don't you think I'd have loved to have done that? I will th- throw up my hands, right, fully and say, I would have loved to have given Killzone 2 a 4.5 just for the, the apocalypse that would have happened. But the game was very fucking good. One of the best shooters I played this year. I gave it a good score but and, and was happy to. You know, I was just as happy to do that. In fact, I love writing positive reviews. I really do. Um, some of my happiest reviews I've ever written were Braid, uh, Castle Crashes, Killzone 2. I love telling you when a game is awesome. I don't enjoy as much telling you that a game is shit. So if you thought that, fuck you, you're an idiot, you're a cunt, God bless. Uh, to the person who accused Destructoid as a whole of deliberately going against popular things and saying, you know, oh, they only gave it a, a high, a low score because it was popular. If you say that, yet in the very next sentence say, oh my god, I can't believe you gave Modern Warfare 2 a 9.5. Fuck you! That is a complete contradiction, you moron. You can't, with one hand, accuse us of going against everything that's popular, and then accuse us of ego-stroking the most popular game of the year. That's stupid. You're a fucking twat. Um, That is basically what I think about Assassin's Creed 2. (laughs) All right, well, I also wanted to point out that there was um, some site, I don't know what it is, but they basically had, was like, I'm, not, I'm never going to read this site ever again, and since I'm talking about those on my site, that oh, yeah, implies that... that you shouldn't as well. And, and the reason yeah. he pointed out was that, or one of the reasons, was that Assassin's Creed 1 had a 5.5, and I reviewed that, and Assassin's Creed 2 had a... Um, uh, four point. You gave it a four point five. Yeah, right? his, his, yeah, his argument seemed to be that sequels should always score better than the prequels. Uh, I mean, that was in between sort of um, stating, uh, as a matter of fact, that I deliberately gave the score a low, uh, a low number just for the hits. The right. hits that he then gave us, I should point out. Yeah. But I should also point out that even if it were a case, like, I, I think I would probably agree with, with Jim's score to some degree. I mean, I actually kind of liked uh, the game um, and liked it better than the first. But even if... Jim had liked the game better than the first. A 5.5 for Assassin's Creed 1 does not necessarily mean that it's better than if, if Assassin's Creed 2 got a 4.5, even if that, that is how he thought, because you can't compare the scores to each other because the, the, the context of how what it felt like to first discover those mechanics in Assassin's Creed 1 feels completely different from how it feels to see them slightly changed up in Assassin's Creed 2. That's, I, I, the, the bummer of numerical scores is that they, for some reason, people... Well, I mean, not for some reason. People seem to assume that they imply... Completely, up, completely objective methods of comparison between games, and that's just not really how it works. It's just something we put at the end to arbitrarily summarize the review that we hope you read that we used words to, to yeah. describe. Yeah, Re- review scores are a problem. Um, I mean, we use them uh, because it's an industry standard, and I know there is an argument that, you know, well, you should buck industry standards and don't do it, but, you know, the Metacritic thing is, is good for, for the site. It helps us um, with getting our reviews credibility, even if you don't believe our reviews are credible, uh, because we don't tell you exactly what you want to hear. Uh, and I do apologize for that. You know, I'm sorry that I don't lie about video games to make you feel better about a video game you just bought. I'm very sorry about that. But, um, you know, that's besides the point. <laughs> scores are a 
they're tricky. Uh, they are very um, ironclad, and they just sit there as this <laughs> unchangeable thing, and people do have a problem with that. Uh, a simple opinion, they can just sort of sit back and say, well, you know, that's your way of looking at it. But when there's a number there, it, it looks so black and white. Um, it's not something we're going to change, but you don't have to pay attention to it. You really don't. You can, I mean, that's, that's the freedom of, of reading things on the internet. You can just pay attention to the review text, ignore the score. You can just pay attention to the score, ignore the text, if that's what you want to do. You can pay attention to the score and the text, you know, how about that, uh, and get some context for the score. Or you can ignore both. Uh, you know, if you, I even said this before the review went up. I said, if you are the kind of person that gets angry about video game reviews, just don't read it. Don't bother. If, you, especially if we've already got preconceived notions about Destructoid and what we do, and don't prove of how we review things, just don't bother. Uh, there's plenty of people that do read and get it, and uh, are intelligent enough to understand what we do, and are intelligent enough to understand that we speak from the heart and speak as gamers and just say, this is how this game made me feel. This is what I think about these mechanics. This is what score I think it deserves. And there's nothing more sinister than that. Um, but, you know, scores scores are, are a touchy thing, but you, you, the simple point is you don't have to read them. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to read anything we do. I've, not, I've never forced a gun to anybody's head. Um, there are actual people that have said to me, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to read this crap of yours. You don't have to read any of it. Mm. Really don't. Well, Brad, you you said you spent thirty hours with Assassin's Creed Two. How do you how do you feel about? It? I mean, we all know how Jim feels. He thinks it's the worst game of the year, and it's it's worse than AIDS and everything like that. But how, how does how does Brad Nicholson feel about it? <coughs> I uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I think as a sequel. How did you how did you feel about the first one comparatively? I I didn't like the first one at all. At at all. I, I you know the the did same anyone? crap. <laughs> It, it's the. I think everyone enjoyed that game for probably about two hours, right? I, I think that we can all agree accurate. on that. Yeah, you, you you sell the game for the first time. Huge open world, awesome. Like I'm doing things, I'm killing people. It's cool until you got into the actual mechanics of the the assassinations. Like I have to, or not really compa- mechanics, rather components. Just I need to do this and this and this every single fucking time for twenty hours. Assassin's Creed Two doesn't really have that to some degree, at least in my opinion. It doesn't. It, it has about six missions that you will repeat, but I, I feel like it it's much more diverse in terms of like the selection. Like they'll I'm trying I'm trying to think of the the right way to articulate this, but I I never I, I never felt bogged down by any of the uh, even the repeatable missions, like the races, uh for example. There there's probably like I think six total in the game. And even though they're all essentially the same, they, they crop up at different points during your play. Uh, and, and and whenever they do crop up, uh, you know, you're, I was more than happy to check them out because I hadn't done one in a while. And the same with the 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 secret locations. You know, whenever one of those cropped up, I I enjoyed it uh, because I I wanted to break from the actual open world gameplay at the time. I think I think as its own title, though, I wanted to mention that I, I, it was a good open world title. It has the same problems that every open world kind of game has, but it, it was definitely. Definitely a good game for me. I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of I, I dug it way more than the first. As little as that same because I really fucking hate the first now. In retrospect, like the more I think about it, the more angry I get. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I think I, I really sort of liked it until I realized, and thankfully I didn't realize this until the very end because the game sort of changed things up frequently enough that I, I was sort of just constantly in this state of expectation. But I, uh, uh, right before the end, I realized that the game wasn't actually going to get any more varied or any more, uh, I, I guess, complex in terms of what my strategies were going to be. And that right. was kind of a bummer because there's this sense of like, there's so many mechanics that could be uh, harmonized in this really interesting way if only certain aspects of the design were different. And if only, you know, they actually respected the amount of time you wanted to put in the game, like not making you go all the way back to that manor to do stuff and not making you climb the top of a bunch of different samey towers that you've seen, that you've already climbed to the top of in order to just to see what's going on and stuff. But like that whole, uh, you know, get whores and get thieves to do stuff for you, that like that was hypothetically really cool. But they all basically work the same, and the, all the all the little things they give you to help you escape, like your smoke bombs and your poison and all these neat little things, they don't fucking matter because the combat is so easy that who cares? Like you, you, I, I don't even know if it's the combat so easy. It's just it's so clunky, just in in general. You know, well, I mean, it it's just feels like a game. mess. It, well, the it, thing, it, yeah, I, I think the thing I mean, is it that looks good when it works. Yeah. Apart from obviously when he punches and there's like a foot of air between his fist and a head. I, I I think I think it's like Grand Theft Auto with the. Uh, with swords, right? Like, it's still that same kind of, like, weird, this totally isn't a third-person action game kind of tightness to it. And mm. I, I think that, I mean, like, when you're, when you're asking the player to use something like a smoke bomb or, or even that poison business, like, I, I think there has to be, you know, a decent, decent, uh, not even a decent, rather, a, a great, uh, you know, control mechanics. Like, you have to be able to move that character in a specific way, in a predictable way. And and so many weird things happen when yeah, it's it's around. so loose. It just yeah. feels so loose. And and Ubisoft has done this whole you know that seems to be their philosophy of late that the whole one button does a billion different things, which in theory makes it easy to remember and casual, but in practice makes it a complete mess where the the control scheme gets confused. Um, it's very much like when DS games make everything um, you know they put all the responsibility of interface on the stylus. Making one input method do everything just doesn't work, at least for me. Like you get some people are like, oh, well, I didn't have any problems, therefore the problems don't exist. But, you know, I did have the problems, and they're huge to me. I know they're not big problems to some people, but to me, those glaring errors were enough to, to drag it down. And I'm not going to fault anybody for liking the game. That's fine if you want to. I will never understand the people that were giving it 10s out of 10. Uh, because that game is nowhere near uh, a closeness to perfection that a 10 should demand. I, uh, I think the first question we have to ask along those lines is where did they review it? Yeah, did they review that here or in Italy where Ubisoft bust a load of people? Yeah. Um, well, you I, know. Think, I think maybe that's a little bit simplistic too because, I mean, there's definitely – the thing that worries me more than anything is that you know, if, if people are being really corrupt and they're only doing things because they're getting perks for them, that's, you know, that's easy to ignore. But if it's just a matter of, game, of the people who are reviewing games not actually being that separate from the people who are like reading these reviews and getting angry because they just like games so much that they want every game to be good, like how do you defend against that if that's a legitimate sort of reviewer – just virus that people like games so much and they like the idea of games so much that they will review it. What like there's this there was this forum post I found a while back that I can't find again, which really irritates me. But there was a forum post where like IGN had 
this review of Oblivion. And, you know, the review is really positive because Oblivion's big. And they're like, oh my god, this game is so great, and blah, blah, blah. And then in the preview for, for Fallout 3, it may have been the same guy, I'm not sure. But in the preview for Fallout 3, then they're like, oh yeah, that, the game actually wasn't that good. And so, like, all it takes is, you know, six months of hindsight, and then their critical faculties, then they click in. But it seems like before then, the, just the joy of just playing a video game and just the, the, anything being different, like, somehow their critical faculties yeah. just don't fucking... I, that, that's a human thing. Um, That's what scares me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to say that Destructoid is completely innocent of that. I'm sure there are games that we've all done where just in the moment you get really excited. Um, you know, I, I can't think of any specific at the moment, but I'm sure there's somewhere mm. if I've Metal played Gear? it, then mm, uh, I still really love Metal Actually, I, the first time I played Metal Gear Solid 4, I didn't like it all that much. It was only on the second playthrough that I was really into it. Um, but it's just amazing how, like, the more time you are separated from something, your opinions will sometimes change. Like when you're in the middle of a, it, it's a whole, you know, see the wood for the trees thing. If you're in the middle of something, it's hard to look at it from the outside and see it as a whole thing. Um, you know, that's why I think reviews that come later sometimes tend to score uh, lower than games that are out day and day. Uh, especially that's where if I'm you're coming from in this whole thing too. I think anybody, if, if you're pissed off about Jim's score, come back in a year. Yeah. Well, in a year, no one's year and see if you're still angry at him. Well, shit. Look at Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people were angry at me for that, Um, and then you know, no one cares now. It's like other reviews have come later than mine that were an eight out of ten for GTA Four, and and no one cares so much now. I'm sure if you did a review of Killzone now and gave it like a seven, there wouldn't be that huge furor that. I think it was videogamer.com or, or one of them. Um, one of the, those sort of level sites were hit when they reviewed Killzone 2, gave it an 8, and there was a huge shitstorm. I doubt you'd get that now because you've got that time for objectivity. Um, you know, that shit happens. But then if the reviewer is getting that excited about playing the game for the first time, then I guess the review reader uh, will also you know, probably s- suffer that same excitement. And, and so I would assume that's a case of no harm, no foul. Um, but with our reviews, you know, you, we're very personality based at Destructoids. You know what we think of games. And if you tend to agree with one of us and we say a game's shit, chances are that you will think the game is shit as well. If you tend to disagree with us a lot and we say a game's shit, you'll probably like it. That's the thing about the Assassin's Creed 2 review. Um, there are a lot of people that like my work and agree with my opinions. There are a lot of people that don't like my work and don't agree with my opinions. So just look at the review with, that kind of mindset like jim sterling's a douche i never agree with him he said assassin's creed 2 was shit i'm probably going to really like it uh or you know i I like jim sterling i like his opinions he didn't like assassin's creed 2 i'll play something else you know there's plenty of good games this year and there are also plenty of reviews that said assassin's creed 2 was brilliant if i think if you want every review ever written on the internet to say that a game is good you're just being greedy like there are plenty of games what's the fucking point of reviews then if everybody yeah. gives it a fucking 9 or a 10, what the hell's the fucking point of a review at all from anybody? Yeah, I mean, one guy um, actually talked to me on Twitter and called me a pathetic douchebag for uh, my opinions on the review score. And I eventually talked him around because usually when you actually talk to these people, they calm down, I found, uh, and then start agreeing with you and thinking, oh, my God, you're actually not a douche. I'm sorry. Um But, you know, I talked to this guy and eventually got him to, to admit he overreacted. And then I was just like, the choice was yours. Would you rather have me give the game the the review it got, 
or have me lie to you? Like, what's preferable? Do you want me to go on Destructoid and lie to all of my readers? And I think when, when asked that question, most people would say, no, don't lie. There's a lot of people that complain about dishonesty in, in game reviews and games journalism, if you want to call it that. Um, but it's very hypocritical if, if you complain about dishonesty and then when someone gives you an honest opinion, you either call them a, an idiot or a liar. So, you know, it, it's, it's just, just think about what you want from games reviews before re- re- reacting to them. Like, either you, you want to be lied to or you want someone's honest opinion. I, I want to add real quick before we move on to another point. Uh, when, I, when I said earlier about you know, where they were reviewing it, I didn't want to imply corruption because we all review games, or most of us have, in a situation where you're sitting down um, somewhere else other than your home. I'm, I'm talking more along the lines of like time, right? Like how long are they going to give you? And I should have, I should have threw in the how. But uh, you know, those kinds of things matter, especially with an open world game. Like if you only have like, let's say, 12 hours with Assassin's Creed 2, you're not going to be able to touch touch the uh, the mundane stuff. You know, what I mean, you're never going to get that feeling of repetition because you're not going to have the time to do it. You're just going to have to plow through that game and just get it done. Mm-hmm. Can I say just really briefly? That that and the ending to that game, the last boss fight, it's like if you wrote down what happened in the boss fight on a piece of paper, I would say I will buy eight copies of that game. <laughs> I, I, I will fill a bathtub with copies of that game and just swim around in them. And it was it was so fucking bad in practice, but that's like the greatest premise for a boss fight I have ever in heard. In theory, it was fantastic. I told people like what what I did, and people were like, well, why didn't you give that game a ten? That's yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> But then when you tell them, yeah, well, you're actually just standing there and, and doing this over and over and over again, it's like, you know, it, it's amazing how you can take that, the concept that that end boss is and make it shit. But somehow Ubisoft Montreal managed it. Uh, you that, know, well done to them. That should have ended at the very first swing. You know yeah. what I mean? That, it would have been perfect. There was no reason for it to go on as long as it did. Other than the fact that that's what that game was about, was dragging everything out so they could say, oh, yeah, our game's like 40 hours long. It was just filled with so much fluff and and, and pointlessness, that game. That was my main problem with it. It was just so much fluff and filler just to pad the game out. There was so much unnecessary stuff. Missions that were literally just walking from one place to another. And missions that was just like, climb up this building. Watch an unskippable, unskippable cutscene. Now climb back down. Climb up this building in five minutes and then climb back down again. Like, that's not fun. That's not a game, a game to me. What was really wacky to me was that the... Like, even the first one, especially the first one, was guilty of this, where they assumed that their, their, their story was so good and so important to me that they sacrificed... Uh, really good climactic gameplay for it. Like the, the the sense that you know there was a review I read a long time ago that was saying you know, of the first one that was saying if you spent all this game thinking that you're teaching me these skills and I mean obviously you aren't because the, the the sword play is so easy that you never have to actually run away from anybody or use smoke bombs or do any of that because it's just a fucking a hundred enemies is the same as four enemies. But you know if you think that this is what you've taught me to do, then why is it that the end of your game is just making me do combat over and over and over again? Is it because you think that that's the way that like movies end because it's really climactic to have combat and that's what should happen or is it because you think your story demands that kind of thing like there should have been the ending of that game should have been the ultimate assassination 
exploration mission, a really difficult yeah. sort of thing where you're constantly sneaking, and it's the, the, the culmination of everything that you've learned, but instead it is, you know, it just, what it it's is. It's so throwaway. That whole anima stuff is so throwaway. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pretentious, if you ask me. It's, just, it's so unnecessary. And oh, look how postmodern we are being. We are doing this clever thing. It's basically just total recall. That's, all, <laughs> that's what it is. But it doesn't have, oh, you think this is the real quid? You're right. It doesn't even have that bit in it. Like, what is the point? <laughs> what is the point of making a game if you can't put that scene into it? <laughs> exactly. All the three tits. Like if you if you're not gonna give me three toes, then don't rip off uh, to- all that bit with the man, the man with the baby in his tummy. Oh, that's well gross. If you're not gonna do that, don't <laughs> do it. So you know, just uh, really quickly, just speaking about you know what what Topher was saying about sort of you know letting things stew. Um, it, it always kind of uh, irks me each year when when you see the. Yeah, the, the annual Game of the Year nominations, and invariably they're you know heavily weighted toward games that came out in the latter half of that year. Yeah, you know, well, and that, that, yeah, the best games, games do come out in the latter Not half. All the time, of... I just think I mean, people forget. Games, but, yeah, um, it's like I mean, you're not you're not seeing. I mean, not that maybe these games aren't are aren't whatever you, you know you can decide, but you know you're not seeing games like. Uh, uh, Killzone 2 and Resident Evil 5 on some of these lists, and last year you didn't see like Burnout Paradise on, on some of those lists. Yeah. And you, you can know? guarantee that if Killzone 2 and Resident Evil 5 were released not last month, they'd be on way more of these lists. And I bet if you go back and look at any of those lists from two or three years ago, I bet 90% of the games on there are shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you like yeah. the top 10 games of the year that somebody put together in December, 10 of them, I bet fucking 7 of them are total shit. It's because everybody gets hyped up, and then it just... Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, you know. is the separating the hype from, from the game. Um, and I'm never going to say that we're not guilty of that destruction, because we're all human, and it's a very human thing to do. The All we can do is just say, you know, we try our bloody best. And I hope that other reviewers on other outlets try their best as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Submit, you had some Twitter... You had a Twitter question, right? Oh yes. On to those, or do we have anything else to talk? Oh, you want to talk about the Prince of Persia movie or the game, the new game? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a you know, new, I mean, we, I think we we talked about the trailer a little bit, which um, uh, a few episodes ago, which hey, you know, that looks cool and that might be an awesome really? action movie. Really? Did you have you seen the trailer, dude? It looks all right. It looks it looks like it will be like a, a decent family adventure yeah, film, like be, Romancing be a, the Stone. It'll be like they should like just like remake another... Romancing the Stone. They should just It'll release be... Romancing the Stone and call it Prince of Persia with absolutely no edits. I'd yeah. love to do a video game of Romancing with that the Stone. Alligator. You guys remember that alligator at the end? Mm-hmm. The crocodile? Now that that guy's arm off. Danny DeVito was in that one, right? Or was that the next one? Yeah, yeah, he was. He yeah. was. I've, I've never seen that movie, but I have seen Robocop. You guys remember that Lupe Escape? That's a good one. <laughs> I think most films should be Robocop, but please. Yeah. Please. Ed 209? That's my boy. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's it looks like it'll be a, a fun action romp, sort of in the vein of uh, another Jerry Bruckheimer vehicle, a National Treasure. Yeah. I think which, if you don't don't approach it as a prince of you know a video game movie and just say you know though this will be like the Mummy or um, you know any of those kind of adventure films, the Mummy is yeah. fucking awesome. I think it would probably be like bad, that, but it's not going to be like aggressively bad in the same way that most video game movies are. No, it'll, right. be, it'll be silly bad if it's bad. Exactly, exactly. But but anyway, um, they they announced um, that there is a new Prince of Persia game coming out, and I believe it is being set in the Sands of Time universe. If the, I mean, if I don't have my 
things confused. Yeah, um, I, I, it'll be a continuation of, of that that story. Sounds yeah. thrilling. And, well, that, that, and I think they said they're going to bring all the old mechanics back as well. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called uh, Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands. Um, and yeah, they say many of the fan-favorite elements and... Uh, and new gameplay innovations that gamers have come to expect from the principal. Let's not brand. do that whole one button does everything thing that Ubisoft's got such a bomb yeah, on. Well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Well, well a- Adam says you know it's a continuation of Sands of Time, not the trilogy. I mean, that that was like the Sands of Time, like that was like what I call the Sands of Time universe, right? That's what I would I would say about because all three yeah, games were in yeah. There. They were all yeah, in yeah. the same. It was the same narrative, right? Yo, in um, RoboCop three, RoboCop got a jetpack, and he fought and he fought a samurai, a robot samurai. Yo, he fought many robot samurais. There's a there's a there's Kick a guy on, there's a guy on YouTube who who some of his videos are funny, whatever. But his the name of his production company is You Said Your Damn Ninja Would Kill RoboCop, which is I think a line from RoboCop three. It is. Um, that's an awesome. Why do I have those? Movies I've never memorized. seen any RoboCop movies. I should. What? What? Why are you so broken? <laughs> Look, if, if the list of movies that I, I haven't seen, if, if you heard that... Shut you up, that list is erased. RoboCop is on the top. <laughs> RoboCop is the list now. Yes. Yeah. Watch RoboCop. I, I also haven't seen, speaking of movies, you guys, I also haven't seen Total Recall, but... Oh, oh my fucking God. Did you no, see The Loop Escape? I don't know. What the, I don't Do know you have it. eyes in your head? Anyone yeah, with think... eyes has seen Total Recall, unless they're like three years old. And even then, that's not much of an excuse. Oh, you, you, you at least, I at least saw the TV edit by the time I was, like, 12. I mean, that was... So like, no, that's you, the thing. If no, you so, saw Arnold Schwarzenegger laughing in a parking lot, you wouldn't shoot him. We all know better. We'd shoot him because we know it is the real Quaid. But you would think it was just a hologram of the real Quaid and wouldn't even aim your guns at him, even when he stopped laughing and said, you are right. You... <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger would fuck you up. You wouldn't know you what to do if bad. someone told you to start the reactor. You wouldn't know where the party was if someone told you that they'll see you there. You wouldn't you know. You just wander around on Mars without helmet on. Your your Anthony, eyes would come out, and you'd go. Aah! Anthony, I I never know where the party is. Oh, <laughs> oh. he doesn't good, know what the prime. Good reversal. Is, right? That was like a fucking. That was a wrestling move reversal. What you just did me there. Well done. I whipped you into the ropes. <laughs> um, but but yeah no I, I'm I'm excited about about uh, this game the, the thing is that uh, you know it's it's set to release in May 2010 so uh, you know I, I don't know if it's going to be a tie-in per se but maybe I you wouldn't know you about. wouldn't watch the movie apparently yeah right <laughs> we know. you are you are you are officially not allowed to watch the Prince of Persia movie until you've seen Total Recall and Robocop. <laughs> Those are prequels, effectively. Yeah, you've got no right. You've got, as far as I'm concerned, you have no right under American law to watch any <laughs> other film before See, watching I, Total Recall yeah, and Robocop. Double if bill. I, get if, I start, in. <laughs> if I start naming films that I haven't seen, Jim's going to get really pissed. So I'm just... I'm not gonna and care. I'm not even a film buff. I'm bad at films myself. It took me like 15 years to watch Fight Club. Like, I'm not saying that I am it's, good it's at movies. It's been out for 10, actually. But, but yeah. Well, it took me 15 years. Right <laughs> he ages at a different rate. Don't make fun. Yeah. I am above chronology, gender, everything. I am all things and nothing. I am a Kingdom Hearts character. <laughs> and I'll be honest, Dark man. Man. I've only seen three movies. Darkman was on on Thanksgiving. Oh, was it? Yeah, Best do Thanksgiving you know, ever. Do you know that I've never seen Darkman? 
What? Have, no, wait, until this is the funny thing. I had never seen Darkman once, right? I have seen Darkman 2, The Return of Durant, twice. What? That is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Anyone I'm, say ever. Submit, you have been outbid. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Darkman 2, The Return of Durant twice, and then I watched Darkman 1. I cannot believe that. I didn't know that. I was, was so confused, awesome. though. I watched, like, I watched Darkman, and I was like, Durant's really not a bad guy in this as much as the other one. I don't get this. Yeah. I don't get how Durant went from basically being a stooge to another guy She's to being the main character villain. in the first one. He didn't matter at all. And then they're like, yeah. fuck, can't get anybody back from the first one. That guy, the Larry guy, Larry Drake, he has Larry nothing Drake. to do. He's back now. Larry Drake's awesome, though. He's, like, my favorite man in the world. <laughs> it's better than everyone. But, but anyway, yeah, so everyone watched. Like, submit, that's on your list as well, Darkman 2, The Return of Durant. <laughs> I don't, I've never heard of, what is that? Yeah, well, no, no, you don't want to watch, don't forget what he just said. You don't want to watch Darkman 2 <laughs> under any circumstances. No, it's so I, bad. You should Dark, add Darkman 3. Darkman 3, I, Darkman Die, is the name of Darkman 3. That's Anthony, Durant returns. <laughs> All right. right. So um, wait, this is your plan for the weekend, right? Get some popcorn in. Get some Doritos friend chips, right? Get some soapy water and candles and have a lovely soapy bath in your metal tub, right? <laughs> get. <laughs> oh, this is going to be the best weekend ever, Sweet Sucker, right? Get. Um, what were the films? Robocop, right? Uh, Total Recall. Um, Darkman 2, The Return of Durant. Darkman 1! Darkman 2, The Return of Durant. God damn it. And if you've got time, I don't know, Dark Crystal or something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about The Crow? No. No, The Crow 3, right? Get Darkman 2, The Return of Durant and The Crow 3. I hate you so much. (laughs) Okay, light the candles, okay? Um, Watch all of the films in a row, right? And by the end of it, you will be rubbing your frenulum. You will be so excited. Is that a British word? <laughs> don't don't Google that if you're at work, folks. <laughs> Watch Big Trouble in Little China. And yes. Well, and, and just the one really quick note is that I don't. I, I don't watch movies on like basic cable. I like I I, I hate that. I, I'm always uh. Oh, damn. First of all, they're, they're, they're full screen, which I, I next you'll be telling me you've never seen Crow. Movies are so hard to get, guys. <laughs> if only we uh, lived in a world where digital distribution was a reality. Or, or you know, like they had stores that rented that shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, uh, do you want to get to your Twitter questions? Yes. You're uh, far off the path. Yeah, this is, no, this is good. Uh, this is from um, uh, at Jason Coplin, and he says, uh, games have variable pricing, and he, and he seems to be uh, basing it on length. Uh, he says, Dragon Age is 60 bucks. But all three Mass Effects will cost a total of $180, and still there'll be a shorter experience compared to Dragon Age. Number one, he doesn't know that. No, he doesn't, but, you know, he's... For example, Number he's just, two, he's just, I, think, I think to solve the problem of, of pricey games is all American currency should be revoked, and instead we should barter with physical disc copies of Dark Man 2, The Return of Durant. <laughs> those, those are overstocked. It would, be like, it would be like, you know, how many Durants for this, <laughs> for this pint of potatoes? 82 and a half. Break the disc. Oh, oh Dark Man so 2, bad. The Return of Durant. 
But I, I, I don't understand what he's saying. Is it just saying... But uh, Reverend Anthony, haven't you heard? All sequels should be better than the first. You know, Darkman got a 5.5, so it stands right, to reason right. that Darkman 2, The Return of Durant, should get a 10. <laughs> you, got, you do have a point. By that rationale, Darkman 3, 15. Damn, right? <laughs> I've but... never seen Darkman 3. You don't. You... I prefer to think that the whole trilogy is is just it begins and ends with Darkman. <laughs> if I were talking to a normal person, I would say you don't need to see it under any circumstances. But I, I'll go ahead and say that yeah, you need to see Darkman right, die. I'll, Darkman I'll, die. I'll get a, a torrent of Darkman three die. Darkman die. I'll, I'll try and watch it before the next uh, uh, episode of Podtoid, and I'll talk about Darkman three die. Darkman. Yeah, when I ask you what you've been playing this week, just without acknowledging that I've asked you the question I've asked you, just go into a five hundred word review of. I'll Dark do a review of, of Darkman three die. Darkman die. Good. The follow up to Darkman two: The Return of Durant. <laughs> it's, La- it's Larry Drake in Darkman three die. No, Darkman he's dead. Die. He, did, he can't return again. Are you kidding? Drake's oh, not. Yeah. Yeah, but he could have come back. They could have resurrected him. Is Nolan North in it? Nolan North is in every fucking thing, isn't he? Yeah. He's playing Nathan Drake in Assassin's Creed 2, essentially, except Italian Nathan Drake. And he's playing Nathan Drake in Prince of Persia. And tertiarily, he's also playing Nathan Drake in Uncharted 2, Drake's Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Uncharted 2 among Thieves. He also played Nathan Drake in Halo 3 ODST. Was he in ODST? Yeah. Damn, that motherfucker is prolific. Dude's been in everything. And I guess we kind of steamrolled his question. What was it again? <laughs> hey, well, he he seems to be, to, be, to want to base uh, a game's value on you know length. He, and he's, I, he's saying, I, I understand cool. what he's saying because it, it fucking That's sucks. It, it sucks when you buy a game for sixty bucks and it lasts like five hours, like just a single player campaign. Like if you bought, let's say, Modern Warfare two, and you don't have any interest in multiplayer, probably ticked me off a little bit. But then. Yeah, again, but then- and the thing is, if you are interested in multiplayer, that can last you way longer than, totally. than Dragon Age. Like, if we were judging things based solely on the length of the content played through once, Left 4 Dead would be, like, what, 20 bucks? But I've right. played Left 4 Dead longer than most RPGs. Like, I've played Left 4 Dead probably more than I played fucking Final Fantasy VII or something. And there was that much just gameplay i could extract from it that's not everyone can not everyone could do that with that game but i did that game was <laughs> because rough. you're the higher life form because i you know i am tpl but tpl you know it's it's uh, yeah like my my fingers are basically like syringes that draw gameplay out of things so you're more, scarecrow yes i i wish i was the scarecrow but i am too fat i am probably like fat villain <laughs> Which is a character from Batman. So you're, so you're the penguin? I am the clown from, oh. from Spawn. <laughs> no, the, the penguin, he's got a monocle, right? But, hang on. If we're talking about just <laughs> I think that was... That was <laughs> I don't know whether you're refer- referencing Batman or just telling me a rumor about a, a video game that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> um, if we're talking about just Bioware games in general... I, I think. I think we have to be honest here. Dragon Age Origins is like a forty-hour game if you don't if you don't mess around. It's probably less than that, really. Yeah, but I mean, for me, like, not all of those hours were very fun. So, right. do we still charge like more money for that? Yeah, you know, that it, it's so to... difficult. It's better to just and I know like sixty bucks is pretty pretty high, but obviously these games cost a lot to make. Um, I'm sure we could have them cheaper. I'd love to have them cheaper, but it's best that we at least try and aim for a unified price rather than 
try and make up arbitrary factors as to what a game, you know, what makes a game worth. It's too, you can't pigeonhole it like that. Games have so many varying qualities that Everything. just focusing on one one length's worth of playthrough is one no one playthrough's worth of length. Sorry, um, you know, it's it's too vague. And, you know, it leads to that sort of bullshit understanding that length is quality. Because, you know, the same stupid thing that I will, I will regret this until the day that I die, that, you know, of, uh, I think, episode two in the orange box and Portal, I think I, I was one of those idiots who said, hey, it was a little bit too short. And that's a ridiculous fucking opinion it to is, have. It is, yeah. It's, it's just not, it's not right. Length is never quality. Some games can be five minutes long and change your life. I've not mm. seen one. <laughs> I'm, I, I could do it. I could make that. Yeah, game, you, you could. You could have your life change. Um, you know, I am all life. So, <laughs> so you decide what gets changed. Yeah, pretty much. Submit. Did you want to choose some questions from the actual front page post? Sure. Hashtag front page. You, you could have asked me before we started recording. Yeah, I, it occurred to me. Picked out. It occurred but, to me, and then it didn't. I just didn't say it out loud because I'm. Dude got snappy right there. Did anybody catch that? I, <laughs> he's got a point. For you out there, listeners, did you hear that? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, since we keep talking about this game, uh, this Gun Cannon asks, on Assassin's Creed 2, what did you think of the historical content of the game? Did you learn something or do some extra reading on Renaissance Italy afterward, even on Wikipedia? There was nothing to learn. If I, if I was doing that as a history lesson, I would learn that... A man called Ezio invented coffee. (laughs) (laughs) There's as much historical information in there as there is practical cooking information in Cooking Mama. Yeah, you can't just you can't just throw the occasional um, fictionalized version of a historical figure and then say history. In that case, Dynasty Warriors is a fucking. It should be taught in schools. (laughs) I can I can can talk about this uh, from a little bit of experience. I have a BA in history. But specifically, do you my, really? Uh, yeah, I do. Wow. Um, my uh, medievalist professor but is really. No, uh, I mean, it's like, is that is that why is that so surprising to you that someone like oh a history degree is that like so very an, an unpopular major or something? Well, no, just I just assumed that he would have a BA in punching people through walls. <laughs> I didn't. I, history is not the thing I think of when I think of Brad Nicholson. I no. think Brad Nicholson cheats. I think he can punch holes through time and then he just walks through medieval <laughs> history. Just like, Don't tell punches. people, man. That's how you pass later <laughs> tests. You just change history. True. Yeah. Um, just a whatever he wants. I, I have to say that that my specialization is definitely not Renaissance Italy. It's um, more actually. What's kind of fun is God of War is more in line of what I studied for the last three years. I knew it. Okay, now that I can buy, I can understand that now. Ancient Greece, right? But but anyway, I, I had a medievalist professor. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> really. Who really got into the first Assassin's Creed uh, just because he never really imagined that, you know, that world would ever be visualized in such a medium. And he really liked uh, the authenticity of the locations. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the history, though, it's garbage. And, and the same with the second one. And, and again, that's this is not my area of expertise by any means. But I, I, I would imagine that, I mean, with the exclusion of some landmarks and statues and such, um, you know, they they nailed the... I can't say the vibe, obviously, but it seems like they have it down, just in terms of the city and the structure and and whatnot. I, you, you know, especially if you look at the doctors, just that little touch, just that little mask. Is, I, I'm not is saying it. It's great. got it's got aesthetic, you know, historical qualities, but there are so many people that are talking as if it's some fucking 
as if it's a fucking history textbook. And it's not. It's, like, it's not really by any not. Don't, don't be stupid, you idiot. But at the None same time, that, that is one of the things... I Machiavelli really... was not an assassin, and <laughs> you, you fucking idiot. I mean, Big apparently spoiler. they they, uh, they brought on, like, a historian to, like, as a consultant or something like that. That's, I, that's I why I'm at. That's why I, I asked the question. You know? Well, Metal Gear Solid brought in a military consultant. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> I, I listened to the story and talking with Dev Diaries, and she sounded all right. She was more, um, she was, she seemed more concerned, at least in the video, just in terms of the way they represented the uh, the outside buildings. Uh, to be honest, it, I don't think she was really that integral to the molding the narrative in general. Yeah. But you know, they do a decent job of representing or, or showing the world they're trying to. Uh, you know, trying to copy. They, yeah. they do a good job of that. I, there's if no you think, value. If you think Assassin's Creed 2 is historical, you have literally said that Leonardo da Vinci used to make poison knives for murderers before making them fly. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows with that dude? Yeah, he was, he was fucked Let's up. Let's be honest. But um, I, I, do, I do really appreciate the fact that, I mean, for all the things that Assassin's Creed does poorly from a narrative or aesthetic sort of perspective, I really appreciate the fact that they were, are dedicated to let's make a game that is not set in, you know, areas that have ever been depicted in video games. Like, who, who wants to, whoever, you know, made a game about fucking Crusades-era Jerusalem? Who made a game about Renaissance Italy? Not in any, you know, real sense. I think that's, that's really cool. And they do mm. a good job of, of just recreating. I'll tell you a game that does that quite well, actually, is The Saboteur. And I mean, I know I, I'll try and be vague, but even though it's a World War II game, a World War II sandbox GTA game is really fucking interesting. Really? Because I, 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 I played the demo at E3 is... and I hit a cow with a car and he exploded. <laughs> <laughs> they let you play it? I haven't done that yet. Um, yeah, they had a no, demo on the show. Oh, no, sorry, it's a PAX. They had a demo. Oh, okay. But it, it is surprisingly interesting. I, I like the way they shrink the scale too. Um, I I don't know if you you've caught that. One of the things they talked about at E3 briefly, because I asked them about the landmarks, is to seem. I mean, the entire area seems smaller. They, they downscaled like everything instead of cutting pieces out, from what I understand. So that's kind of neat. You know, just the whole Paris thing. I can take that. All right. Any more questions? Submit. How long are we going? What's the time on yeah. this? Uh, one An hour and a half, maybe. Like that. All yeah. right. We'll do one more question, then we'll end it. Oh, one more? Oh, damn it. I was going to do like a... Oh, okay. okay, well, do, do what you're going to do. Whatever your plan was, we finish that. And <laughs> Let's then... do it. Tremulant asks, I heard there was a reviews, reviews editor position available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be interviewing for it. But you're, you'll get about, you know, five Durants an hour. Um, <laughs> just make sure that you give every game from Ubisoft a 10, and everything will be all right. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, Politi asks, "What are your, what are your favorite Left 4 Dead 2 primary and secondary weapon combinations?" Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh. I love the katana and a um, the M16 from the first game because it gets me sh- long range and short range abilities. I, I I have to if if there's ever like I hate using the Uzi typically, but I sort of have to if there are uh, melee weapons around. Because, you know, I get the melee weapon for close-up and the Uzi if somebody gets smoked away. I'm a big fan of the Fire Axe. Oh, I'm sorry, Jim. Oh, no, 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 please, please. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Brad. I I like the Fire Axe, and I like the Gnome as well. You should see uh, Zom Butler (laughs) handle that Gnome. That that kid's good with it. I still need to get around to doing that achievement. Zom Butler tweeted me, because I was tweeting about Podtoid, and he's told told me to tell you, uh, ask you about the time you and he fought an Invincible Witch. Okay, 
Or, well, he was trying to do the damn gnome achievement that night, right? And we were having all kinds of trouble because he wouldn't drop the fucking gnome. And you, you can drop the gnome while you're trying to do the achievement, you know, and, like, kill monsters yeah. or whatever. But, but for whatever reason, he was really focused on holding on to it uh, for the first couple times we died. But anyway, we, we were having all these problems with, like, tanks randomly spawning all over the place. And this is the big reason why I got so goddamn frustrated with Left 4 Dead 2 to begin with. And we eventually get to this witch, like, that's outside a house. This is in Dark Carnival. And bitch wouldn't die, like, at all. Like, we, I lit her on fire or something to be funny, right? Because we were all going to die anyway because the two tanks screwed us up. And we sat there and shot her for a good, I don't know, like 10 minutes. And then she just kept running in a circle, screaming. <laughs> and it's just like these, this constant circle. She would even get up close to you and like start doing the, like the, uh, the arm movement like she's going to hit you. And nothing would happen. And Weird. Just, yeah, it was, it was a very odd glitch. And we died just running around like looking at her. <laughs> you know, because, dude, it's an invincible witch. But anyway, the gnome thing. Was uh, hilarious. We eventually got that, by the way. Um, you have to you have to get him to the escape chopper. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. So he was he was carrying around the gnome during the uh, the crescendo during the <laughs> rock concert, and it was it was amazing. We also had a guy that was getting the melee achievement at the same time as well. So we what had is one it guy with Elf and their gnomes? I I don't know. Those are fucking guy... great achievements. Those are like hilarious. I did that in Half Life too. The goddamn gnomes. You did it? Yeah, wow. I did it. Jesus. I, I didn't have the, the fortitude for that. But I, I love it. The, I like, did it one night. I was bored one night, and I just was like, maybe I'll give that a shot. I fucking did it. <laughs> Let's play. What, what, is, what do you have to do in Half-Life 2? You, have, you have to get to the carry gnome. the goddamn gnome through the whole game. And then put it in a space shuttle so that the gnome goes into outer space. But like, there's also parts where you have to drive around, so you have to use the physics engine to wedge the gnome into a car <laughs> so that he can't fall out. Yeah. See, and then you know what I did? You know when you get to the part with the, with the chopper uh-huh. where, the, uh, where the car sort of slams into the wall? Right. And then you, you hop over the wall. Like, I hopped over the wall and forgot the goddamn gnome. Oh, no. And I had to fucking restart all over again because uh, you couldn't uh, get back over the wall to get him. Oh. Uh, so I did me. it once and a half. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's a bummer. Oh, is that, I, I, was, I was confused about that, but I, I realized I played the PS3 version, which has uh, quick saves, which is awesome. Garbage. <laughs> well, what's cool is the uh, doctor, what's his ass, says that the, the rocket weighs something like eight pounds too much when it takes off. Mm-hmm. Well, he says that no matter what, because his his, uh, his yeah, because Teddy is in there, yeah, or whatever. All on there. But um, uh, yeah, I need to get around to getting those those Left 4 Dead two achievements because a lot of them are really funny. Like you have to beat all the carnival games. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was pretty easy actually. In I'm trying to hunt the noses of the clowns at the moment. Does that does that just mean use a melee attack to hit them? In I, the think, I think elbow. Don't you press? Oh, oh, you have to, oh, you have to pistol whip them. Yeah, whatever, like, whatever that alternate melee attack is to push them away. Okay, I can do that. That's no problem. Uh, yeah, and it uh, honks it. All right, you see, but, I kept fucking yeah. trying to do it when they were dead, and then my, my wife, who's already got the achievement, was like, no, they have to be alive. <laughs> Yo, a dead clown is a good clown. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, are we going to do just one more, or what? Whatever your plan was. Let's do 40. It sounded like you had a very specific I, I, plan. I, I did. Yo, what's not, my not, shoe size? Ask it. <laughs> Why do you keep asking that, Brad? I gotta know. I gotta know what my <laughs> shoe size is. What? Take off your shoe. Look at look at the tongue. No, you gotta ask him. You gotta ask him, Brad. What's your shoe size? I'm not telling you. God damn it, Brad! <laughs> next week. Next week, I'm not answer that. <laughs> All right. Um, this will be the last one because it's a good one. Uh, Nate JB 
and, and so this is in relation to the uh, you know Chad's 50 best video games of the 2000s list. What game released this decade do you feel embodies the potential of the medium in the future? In other words, what game do you guys feel has had the greatest impact on the media these last 10 years? The most revolutionary ideals and a type of ploys that could type of ploys, a uh, type of whatever that can only ever be done in a video game. Oh, fracture. Um, my answer was <laughs> fracture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, LucasArts won't talk to me anymore. They won't talk to me either. The whole lucidity. I, I still, I still think it's hilarious that the whole thing behind, like you know, I, I reviewed Fracture and gave it like a three or something like that, but hadn't played the the multiplayer and admitted to not being able to play the multiplayer because I didn't care and admitted to not finishing the campaign. And then meanwhile, other sites were like, yeah, the multiplayer is whatever, which basically meant that they didn't play the multiplayer but described it but didn't say that it was bad. So That's they were inside baseball. Should we be doing that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Well, yeah, let's. let's and then they were like, okay, you Anybody need somebody to review look it. that up themselves. Yeah. They're they, they, like, okay, somebody needs to review it because it was kind of unfair. I was like, all right, that's, that's, that's a fair point. I didn't finish the game. We should get somebody to finish the game. So they got Brad to do it, and he gave it like the exact same score I did, maybe like half a point higher. Yeah, like, it was something like that. Because there, so there were like 12 people in the multiplayer, man. Like I played with the same like six dudes for like four hours. <laughs> like we were all just traveling through like the different game modes. It, it must be sad to be a Fracture owner. Mm. I still have it, though. Great game. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to say, I'm sure no fracture owners exist, but here we are. We Podsoid has the lone fracture owner in the world, <laughs> totally. apart well, from the was... fracture development team. Oh, I bet <laughs> even they traded it in. It, it was a special review for me because this is the first time I got a reviewer guide, right? It was all man. LucasArts gives the best reviewer guides. It's all, uh, it's all like on the nice paper, and it's got color, and it has like the little protector on it, and. Mm-hmm. It tells you like the entire fucking game. It's even a walkthrough too. So like, if you get stuck like trying to dig a hole or whatever you do in Fracture, like I can't even remember, man. <laughs> but anyway, you know, if you get stuck or whatever, you can just consult page twelve, and it tells you that you're an awesome player and <laughs> these things happen. I don't know. That's why I kept it because I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. Well, what is what was your answer to the question? Do you guys have one? I have one, but everybody nobody's gonna buy it. So fuck it. Wait, was it Half Life? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> If we're talking about potential, then I would say even though it is an incredibly flawed game and, and doesn't do the best job ever of showing you its potential, I would say Far Cry 2. Of course he would. I, no, I realize that's, that's kind of ridiculous because the game is – there's no one who can play that game and not think that it's a failure <laughs> in many respects, myself included. But the, the, the ideas that it points at are so potentially fruitful that it makes me wish that the game was just like – better at, at I mean you know in the same way that Half-Life 1 showed people hey you can actually have really interesting stories from a first person perspective in a way that only games can do I wish Far Cry 2 could have been that for the sort of emergent gameplay non-linear story that still feels legitimate and player driven kind of thing I, I just wish that it could have scored in that way but it, it doesn't I agree I actually agree with that there was a, so much about Far Cry 2 that I wanted to love but there was also just so much holding it back and by the time I had my big game-breaking crash, I gave up. Um, Wait, you, you had that crash too? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it just stopped working. And I was was just this like, common? Okay. Uh, I believe it was. Um, at least on oh. the 360 version, there was quite a common bug on, on some copies where it was just like, no, no, you're not playing anymore. Uh, yeah. Which is a shame. Um, so did you never beat it? I... I was so annoyed by the game at that point that that was the last straw, and then I just never bothered trying to get another copy. I can download it on Steam and probably try that version. 
Um, I mean, do, do, I mean, do you know like how it ends? Because there's an interesting thing that they no, do. No, I don't know how <laughs> it ends. Yeah, there's a thing that happens that informs a lot of the things that I think are kind of interesting about the game uh, are worth experiencing. Well, I mean, I'm just saying from what I played, it was just it, it, Far Cry 2 had a nice world to be in. And I think that's important for a lot of games is just having a nice world to just exist in and enjoy being around. And I enjoyed being around that and, and sort of scraping my way from one location to another and living on, you know, the bare minimum and everything. And and it was in many ways a true survival game, uh, which was good. But there was just also just so much bollocks attached to it, um, yeah. which was a real shame. I, I kind of think like World of Warcraft's probably in this conversation. Why is that? I, I mean, that's a big fucking important game. Apparently, I, I haven't really played it. Well, not not, not in terms of like you know, just wh- how much money it made, but like in terms right. of what showing what the medium can do. Right, and and, and obviously, I mean, this pushed MMOs. Um, yeah, the, the medium can, the medium can keep eleven million people paying fifteen dollars a month and locked up, you know, to their chairs. <laughs> yeah, gl- you know, glaring at their computers. That's, well, it was that's, a huge achievement, something, right? Yeah. It was it was a huge achievement. Like in the same I, way that the Holocaust was. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, give Blizzard. We got to give Blizzard its due. They they were experts at making something last and really mining something. And you can argue whether that was a good or a bad thing. Um, it's digital know. crack. They made uh, digital crack. Yeah, which was a, a huge achievement. Let's not take that away from them. Um, in the same way that the Holocaust was itself a huge achievement. Um, you know, I'm just saying no one's done those numbers yet. You know, no one's beaten them. So <laughs> Not even close. I, no, I, no, a... they, oh, are you kidding? Not for lack like of trying, but... Mel Gibson's only done about five. <laughs> <laughs> My, on a personal note, I would say uh, Elder Scrolls, Morrowind. That really, uh, that really impacted the way I view games. Why? Uh, I'd, oh, sorry. No, no, it's it's because of how open it was. Um, just this idea that I'm literally traveling to a place, right, but I'm going through a wood, and it's taking some time. And I, I love that sense of scale that the game had in general. Like, I, I really, you know, you play these games like Quest for Glory or some other smaller kind of RPG where you, um, you know, you travel around, but, but, like, it's always instantaneous, right? You never really get that huge sense of adventure, but every time you, you set out, if you didn't use a, what is it, a stilt strider or silt strider? Silt strider. Okay. okay. Anytime you didn't use one of those, man, like you, you saw different stuff outside. You found a new cave. You, you saw an interesting landmark. There was always something out there, and it, it really affected me big time. Like I was like, man, this is how, this is how games can be, right? And that was, you know, before I played it. I, I think that might have even been before I touched the Grand Theft Auto. I was really late into that game, too. Submit, Topher? Dare I say uh, Adam? Topher, go. I don't know. I almost want to say Portal. That's a just good be- Just because of the phenomenon that it became. Out of, I mean, it's fucking, what, two, three hours long? And it did a very simple thing, but did it so well and in such a way that it affected so many people that it become this huge fucking just phenomenon. And it's kind of ridiculous. It's been a long time since... I mean, aside from maybe Katamari or something like that, it's been a long time since a game was built around just one simple mechanic. Just here's this one thing that you can do. And that's the whole game. And it's fucking awesome from beginning to end. Mm. That's such not an, easy to pull off. Yeah, and did such an incredible job of like harmonizing not only all the all the game mechanics, but like the story and like the whole theme of, you know... Being, yeah, everything. The story yeah. and the humor. And it had, I mean, it had all of that 
wrapped into one package, and it was just nuts. That you yeah, know. I think it told. It was important in telling video games that if you want to be funny, you don't have to try too hard. Yeah, I mean, so much humor in video games is so forced, but that came really naturally. Uh, that's what made the game stand out for me. Was just the the great sense of humor it had. It's that, and it's just the whole. I mean, the fucking mountain that that game built around. Hey go into the orange and come out of the blue. Like one simple mm. little fucking mechanic. Just just a simple little thing like that, that one mechanic, mm. and it just built this ridiculous fucking yeah. mecha. I that's, mean, that's what the best puzzle games do, though. I mean, like Tetris is, what, different combinations of these right. I mean, types of blocks, right? Yeah, but I mean... No, I, I, I don't, I don't mean to take... To, yeah, no, I don't mean to take that away from Portal. I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's, that's awesome. That, that's, what, that's what's so few... Of those, of, of, the, of the greatest puzzle games can do is, is to simplicity. It's all yeah. it's 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 hard to do a game that won't age well if you keep it simple. And it does those things in a way that doesn't feel like it's it's uh, something's happening at the expense of something else. You know, right. there's no there's no point where it feels like artificial. You know, even as much as I love Half Life Episode Two, you know, you'll you'll come across invisible walls that won't make sense. You'll come across things that the fiction doesn't do the best job of explaining. But Portal is just incredibly good at making everything feel. Legitimate, yeah, um, and it was I, colorful, I, sort of. I mean, not really, but it it would it didn't look like everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, with its stark white sort of sterile environments, but you know, when you got shot, if a turret hit you and the blood hit the wall, you saw that shit, and it really stood out, and it just made it that much more of a statement, I think. And then you know, finally, when you at the end, when you break out of the facility, like the shift. In just the way everything looked, mm-hmm. totally emphasized the feeling that you know you had broken out and you were like on the run, you were free. And the level design there too, everything feels very instructional and very cool and very direct. And it's almost less fun to be out of that scenario, but it's more freeing. And that's like that's an incredible sort of statement in its own weird way. That once you get into this ugly little place, you're actually more free. But maybe it's also not quite as fun. Right, and you had a lot of choice too. I mean, there were multiple multiple ways to get through every level. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do it in five steps, you could do it in 30. It didn't, you know, it was kind of up to you. And different people had different ways that they got through it. And you could sit down with somebody and be like, well, how'd you get out of this? You know, and everybody had their own little way. It was just, it's just, you don't see stuff like that anymore. You know, it just doesn't happen. Especially when the game is, is built from beginning to end around just one very simple little thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was um I was gonna say I think uh, Nate JB was like asking sort of more about like games that sort of show what video games are gonna be like in the future like the potential and whatnot. So I, I would say you know as weird as this may sound um, is uh, mad. Uh, no, close. Uh, EA Sports is a NBA Live series, and it's in, in this year and in last year. Um, yeah, that game blows. <laughs> Well, let, you know, let, me, let the man finish. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, this okay. you know the live series is is not the the as Brad was hinting uh, is not the pinnacle of basketball gaming, um, but the 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 thing that it does that I I think is like it just blew my mind the first time I you know I heard about this, um, and 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 it was really just it's it's, it's really cool and it's, it's signaled to me what video games. Uh, sport, sports video games could be in the future is uh, it, it, this, um, this feature called uh, dynamic DNA and what, what it means is that uh, it uses uh, this data 
um, from this company called Synergy Sports Technology that they, they provide this data to real NBA teams and, and you know, other sports teams. Um, so, the, you know, EA Sports has the same data that, that real basketball teams get. First of all, that's pretty damn awesome. But the really cool thing is the way that it integrates this data into the game. So what happens is you have, you know, an NBA season that, that happens in real life and, you know, you know, uh, you've got like uh, all the games that are played, and this data is ridiculously specific. It, it gets down to things like um, shot tendencies. Like a guy, oh, you know, he's gonna he, he he tends to drive to the left when he's in this part of the court, or or whatever. You know, all that, that all that kind of stuff. And all this all this stuff happens in you know in real life in the basketball games, and that data gets integrated into the game. And then let's say Tuesday night. Uh, Knicks and Lakers, they're playing at Madison Square Garden. Um, after the game happens, you can go into your season, play that game with the actual tendencies that the, the, the uh, you know the, the actual way that the game happened. You know, with the the injury data and like you know, the people who were out and, and and you know who who were cold and who were hot, you know, on streaks at the time in the middle of that season and. All this really, really, really cool stuff, and and to me, that's what because that's the experience the sports game try to deliver, right? That this idea of replicating, you know, real life sports in a video game, and, and you know, having you live vicariously through that game, um, because you know you may not be able to actually hit a ball 400 feet in real life, but you can do it in a video game, and you know, the idea that that you know you were actually on one of these teams, and, and you know, you were taking part in this experience. That's what's so alluring to a lot of people, including me, about sports video games and you know simulation sports video games, and and you know that I think is something that you know if it was available in all kinds of um, uh, sports games I, would be really awesome. Hopefully, going forward, it will. Amen. Fair enough. <laughs> I think Anthony fell asleep. Maybe he did. Dude, um, whenever I apologize I go to sleep. for nothing. Whenever I go to sleep, I dream hard. I don't know if you guys dream hard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, I, I have like crazy dream. I, dude, I'm just talking. Anthony, where are you? Well, uh, okay, hang on. I'll close this out. Um, welcome, welcome to Podtoid 220. Um, <laughs> um, fair enough. Is Jim dead too? I think Jim's gone too. I'm here. I'm just reading the lyrics to Edison's Medicine by. Oh, Am I back? Am I back now? Oh yeah. yeah. What the f- okay, yeah. Yes. My my. I was something froze. I apologize. Oh okay. Was, yeah. Call call Aaron. Why am I going to call Aaron? Apparently he's here. We're going to get Aaron on for the last five minutes of the show. Aaron, just, Aaron's a little late. A just, little Lindy's better than no Lindy at all. Yeah. Just True. to get his take. <laughs> Aaron. Yes. What? Uh, what? Right. I got a question for you, Aaron. What's that? Okay. I, wait, no, never mind. I don't give a shit. Hi, Take everybody. Out, <laughs> What's your question? Thanks for gracing up with your goddamn presence. Jeez. You're damn straight. Hey, fuck you guys. I drove. You know what I did when I realized that I did? Like, <laughs> you know what happened when Andy did? No, continue, please. <laughs> Who was that? That was, that was <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like the lady from Monsters Inc. The fat lady with the hair from behind the 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it sounded like salacious there. crumb. Um, no, no. I just uh, when I realized that I had like fill a- out these papers, boys. Welcome. <laughs> When I realized I had like nothing to replace the, the the headset. I like I zipped down to Fry's and walked in and said, "This thing is horse shit. Give me another one." As it turns out, it was the last day of my thirty days to return it, so it was good that I hustled my ass. Uh, but yeah, fucking G thirty fives are pieces of shit. Don't don't look at them with too stern a look. Don't look at them like Brad would look at anything because otherwise you'll break them. Um, anyway, submit. What was your question? Yeah. Well, now that you're here, Nate um, JB asked, um, "What game released this decade do you feel?" embodies the potential of the medium in the future. In other words, what game do you feel has had the greatest impact on the medium these last 10 years, the most revolutionary ideals and the type of, uh, type of things that could only ever be done in a video game? See, of all the questions you could have thrown at me when I just kind of hop in all willy-nilly and went, <laughs> That's like, why. Oh, yeah, I've got my headset. The one that you choose to ask me is the one that requires probably the most preparation of any question. That, um, Say fracture. We came up with stuff. Pretty quick. Yeah. Fracture. Oh boy. Um, Suggest um, a video fracture. game. Aaron, just say the video game version of Dark Man Two: The Return of Durant. <laughs> True that. Wasn't there an NES Dark Man? Yes, no. there was. Yes, there was. Say that one. Yeah. Okay, but that wasn't released in the last decade. Damn, because that would have been perfect. Um, it was released in all decades. It was that, good. <laughs> that and the Hudson Hot game are eternal. <laughs> so uh, the question is, what game embodies like? Uh, like most where games are going or what kind of promise they have in terms of what they can do that other mediums can't. Yes. Uh, I said a basketball game just for what? <laughs> what? Really? Because <laughs> the, no, the are you telling me no, I can we're, bullshit we're not, this? We're not, no, he, he meant thing. it legitimately because the yeah. NBA Live the the dynamic no. DNA direct. Oh no, I'm death. I'm sure he meant it legitimately. <laughs> Shit. Oh God, I think. Um, Okay, here's here's a thought. This is actually, uh, I would say, uh, Little Big Planet. Not because Little Big Planet is revolutionary in terms of gameplay. It's not, and not because it's all together all that much fun to play more than any other thousands of other games. It's it's really not. But I think Little Big Planet represents in a lot of ways what you know because all industries, uh, the, but the internet specifically and games also. But but all industries are moving away from what can you show me and what can you tell me and you know, what story will you tell me? And, and more towards, you know, what can I do with your product? Like, what can I make that is unique to me with your stupid product? And that's why uh, it's, I forget who told me this, but it's like, it's uh, in so many words that we're moving away from a service-based industry and more towards like a, or more uh, away from a content industry, more towards a service-based industry. So I suppose that Little Big Planet, in the sense that it gets people together and gives people the tools to make what they want and then share it with people where everybody can be the biggest, you know, game developing rock star on the planet, uh, probably embodies not necessarily where games are going to be going in a widespread sense. But I think that's, that's a big wave is this idea <clears throat> of community, uh, not just across platforms, but across games and such, you know, like, you know, how can I get together with my friends and do shit? Um, Little Big Planet is kind of like a singular expression of that need uh, that uh, to to not only shit out our own shit, but to shit it out with other people watching us. Phallus Knife Fight, you're on that. Um, th- yeah, so that's that's probably it. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just gravy. I, again, I'm mean, like I I, uh, I don't know. Know yourself for well, I don't care. <laughs> well, that, that's why. I've, just as an aside, I'm I'm really excited about uh, Mod Nation Racers. Um, yeah, same deal. Exact, awesome. exact same fucking deal. That you're you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I've seen I've seen that described as you know just little big planet across with Mario Kart. You know, it, it, from uh, Nick's preview, which you guys should go check out. It's on the top stories list. Um, what yeah. game is this we're talking about? I oh, sorry, I missed that. Mob Nation Racers. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what? If like, that I, came out and that's all it was, I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. I, just uh, a creation I, tool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, provided that uh, that um, yeah, UGC. I think in in every game, like you know, if you hear anybody describe any game as Oh, it's like Little Big Planet plus this. You know, it's yeah. it's almost virtually guaranteed that provided that it's built on a solid gameplay backbone, like provided it's actually fun to play, it's it's going to do pretty well just because that's what people are fucking into. Like, oh, I bet I could make this and have a better than it. You know, like I, I was under the impression Little Big Planet didn't do that well though, didn't it? I, I think it's still sure. yeah. It didn't do great. It did what most what most PS3 um, I figured uh, I, yeah, I did figured and kind of hovered yeah. at the bottom of the chart. It, it charted but hovered at the bottom and then kind of disappeared. I figured that uh, that as 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 much that Sony is shitting out little big planet stuff like the new PSP version and all that, there would be uh, uh, No, this is Sony's problem is they never they didn't market it properly. They marketed it like everybody should already know it when most people didn't know it. They were just like, oh, Little Big Planet is here, the game you've all been waiting for. And people were like, what, what? They should have just had yeah. Stephen no, Fry in front of a, in front of a camera <laughs> yeah. saying, like, my yeah, voice is in this game. You know, yeah, you right. Really Stephen like Fry game. could sell me my own rectum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would have been all to... I need to hear, dude. You could just have Stephen Fry being like, you know, I'm going to narrate this. and yeah, I, I'm in this so, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take <laughs> five you, of if those. If you play this game, you may fucking hate the tutorial, but you get to listen to my dulcet tones throughout the whole thing. Uh, yeah, that's that's price of admission for me right there. So, mm-hmm. Just like to say really, really, really quickly, um, for people who don't know, UGC, what Aaron meant by that is user-generated content. Just oh, my God, submit. Really? I didn't bah! think no. Have you, have you seen... Actually, to be honest, I think using the term UGC is worse than submit, saying what he just said then. Man has a point. UGC uh, is the kind of thing said by a twat. And I know you're not a twat, Aaron. I just want you to know that. You know, you know that you're me, not you just a twat. want me to know that I'm exhi- exhibiting uh, twat-like behavior? Is that well, right? I just want you to know that you're not a twat. So you don't okay. have oh, That's such a beautiful, slightly backhanded thing of you to say. That was, that was touching. <laughs> did, you, did you see Stephen Fry in the Intelligence Squared debate about the Catholic Church? Because if you haven't, no. you need to immediately. Yo, did you see Chris Benoit choke out his kids? <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening to Pod Toy number 127. Uh, this is Anthony Birch, and I'd like to thank Jim Sterling, Topher Cantler, Brad Nicholson, Smith Sarkar, lovely Adam Dork, and the lovely but late Aaron Liddy for being on the show. And we will talk to you next Aaron! time. Aaron! <laughs>
Yeah, it took me an hour and a half to get down to fries and back. I was shocked. Did you say um in the Kratos voice? <laughs> say um. um, you know. Wait, wait, can you say basketball? <laughs> I, I suppose I could. <clears throat> basketball! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Yo, I love this shit, man. This is going to be all next week. I'm just going to like, I'm going to have a list of words. Asking him repeatedly. Just, hey, no, that, I, I think... Be careful because I think you you might make some people deaf if you if you did this. <laughs> oh well, man, it's good listening. Somehow we'll be okay. I got I got to run, unfortunately. All right. All right, but it was a great cast, guys, and I appreciated the time. Right. Yeah, because Aaron wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Aaron showed up at the end. That was a, uh-huh. that was epic. I miss okay. you. We had, we had just as much Aaron as we needed. <laughs> He's like cinnamon. Hey, hold up. Hold on, if we're going to start measuring out cast members, Submit, I think you've overstayed your welcome for a good three or four weeks now. Oh! Oh! Oh, snap! I got eight cups of Submit. I only needed a tablespoon! <laughs> Submit, Submit's been kind of feisty this episode. You yeah, should you definitely missed his feistiness. Did it really? Oh, shit. He's had about three bouts of feisty, and I like it, <laughs> did he, to be did he threaten to beat you with a sport club of some kind? Not no. me. He got, he got feisty with Anthony twice. and once <laughs> oh, he, gave me, he gave me a little bit of sass. Yeah, oh, oh damn. If he oh, was one man. of my women, I would have shot him with the back of my hand. But not I the am. hand with the rings on it, because you don't want to damage the goods. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm a Navi, and like... <laughs> and, still like this all these like creatures are attacking me for no apparent reason, and I don't know Yo, why. Hey, aren't the Navi no, no, supposed to be like in it. harmony with nature and shit? It. Yeah, like also, I talked to like uh, another Navi. He's like, "You're not a Navi, but you are." And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, I have some wolf jumping on my back. Yo, maybe that wolf is a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're inharmonious. Yeah. And sadly, I haven't oh been paying attention to the story. You, did you buy sad. that? I rented it. Okay, okay. I was, I was about to say, dude, sixty bucks is uh, pretty steep for Avatar. Speaking of pretty steep, we should have, we should, we could have mentioned that fucking standalone DJ Hero controllers are apparently now available for seventy bucks a pop. What? what? Stand- yeah, exactly. What? I didn't hear what you said. That's why I said what. Oh, okay, yeah. No, DJ Hero turntables are now available by themselves for seventy bucks each, which is funny because what I a saw deal. the. I, yeah, I, I saw the game on Amazon uh, on a Cyber Monday sale for eighty-five bucks. <laughs> oh, well. uh. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Fine. <clears throat> By the way, kids, we've now got... We have a Twitter account. It's twitter.com slash podtoid. You can follow it if you want to. We're going to just do the, the basic, you know, we're, we're asking for questions, things now. We're going to link you to the posts. And as of right now, the only two tweets on there were Lindy signing on to say that I was, like, a, a bombing people and then me signing on to hey, say... Okay, hold up. First of all, it was heroin trafficking. Second of all, how did you know it was me? <laughs> who else would it be? <laughs> who <Really>? else would it <laughs> be? That's the thing. That's the thing. You say it's just going to be for like like posts and shit, but I'm going to employ our Twitter feed as like the Slandertron. Feed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be me just ripping on everybody on the show. It's, it's all of us have access to it. It's going to look very schizophrenic because it's going to be like Smith said the Holocaust didn't happen. No, I didn't. Shut up! It's all going to come from the same person. That's, that's the idea. <laughs> all right. Well, it's kind of the opposite of what I do. Um, <laughs> shouldn't we just say it's at Podtoid? What's with this slash HTTP? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, use it's, it's, it's just. I mean, you know, whatever. 
Our Twitter username is Podtoid. If you know how to use Twitter, you can figure that out. You can always yeah. still email us at podtoid at destructoid.com if you no, want to can't. tell us that the, the episodes were too racist for you to listen further. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that enough? Sign up to Twitter, niggas.